Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Beard Adam Brew Podcast. As always, I am your host, the Beard Ad himself, Justin Allen. And I am joined by my special co-host, Mr. Brandon Reese. What's up, Brandon? Hello there. How's it going? Well, Brandon, the Beard Ad and Brew Podcast, as always, is brought to you by the Craft Lounge, Taproom and Bottle Shop, Beaumont, California, just north of the 10 Freeway. Go on in and see Jimmy. Go check him out. Got all the great craft beers in all the Inland Empire, as well as all over the country, and even some from all over the world. So go see Jimmy. Tell him the Beard Ad and Brew Podcast sent you. Yes, sir. Brandon. We are somewhere special today. We are in a beautiful city, somewhere in Orange County. What city are we in? Anaheim. Anaheim, California, also known as the House of the Mouse, right? House of the Mouse. We're almost within uh, sniffing distance of Disney churros. I can almost smell them from right around the corner. Oh, yeah. That's awesome. So we are at Noble L Works in Anaheim, California. And uh, I'm really stoked because actually my first time here, I've had their beers before, but I've never actually been in-house at Mobile Oil Works, so I'm pretty stoked. And we're also very honored to be joined by Jimmy Getz, the head brewer. What's up, Jimmy? Uh, what's up, guys? Happy to have you here. Thank you for coming out. Awesome. Thanks for having us. And we're also got Paul Watson, one of the brewers and also jack-of-all-trades of Noble Oil Works. How you doing? Wonderful. <laughs> I love it. And uh, we'll get more words out of you, I promise. We'll get some more uh, uh, liquid uh, beverages in you. Oh, yeah. Because so, we are at a brewery and those kinds of things happen. Uh, what's really cool, um, I, don't, I don't know if you guys planned on this, but tonight there happens to be an Iron Maiden concert going on just across the freeway. And this place is packed, and that's awesome. I bet that feels good as a brewer to see people and enjoying all your beers and uh, just the butts in the seat, especially, you know, after going through COVID and all that kind of stuff. Seeing a full tap room is really cool. I, I love it. What do you guys think? Yeah, definitely. We're happy. That's you know, awesome. It's always a good packed house. is ideal. Awesome. Well, I'm really glad to see it. So, um, But we're going to get into um, a beer, so we'll get some beers on the table. But first, we're going to a couple questions here. So um, we kind of already got your introductions down, so we don't have to worry about that. But how long has Noble L Works been open? We opened up in uh, 2009, so okay. it's like good 13 years here. All right, 2009, and um, uh, here at Noble L Works, how many people actually work here? I mean, this looks like a pretty big place. You guys churn out a lot of beer, and we'll ask about that later, but how many empl- approximately how many employees work here? Around 10. Around 10? 10, yeah. We got four in the back and uh, about six out front. Okay, right on. And it seems to just work. Everyone's kind of doing their own their own thing here. I'm watching this non-stop line from the Iron Maiden fans just pumping out people enjoying beer so it looks like everybody knows what they're doing here that's good I Uh, I feel like I need to go in the back and change into my like Iron Maiden cut we definitely did not come prepared like please do I don't look like I'm about to hit the Iron Maiden please do we had a a gentleman uh, walk by us I was telling Brandon earlier he must have been probably mid to late 50s and he had his Doc Martin shit kickers on he had his Iron Maiden vest on I was like that's awesome I love it. Yeah, it's a good, still, good vibe in here tonight. That's right. I'll still be good rocking my, uh, my my heyday is more like Sublime and stuff like that. So I'll be, I'll be rocking that back right. when I when I get that old. So we'll see. Um, but let's uh, let's sample our first beer. So what kind of beer do we have? Uh, so this is a rice lager. It's actually a ferment under high pressure. It's called Sweet Keg. Um, it's distinctive and it's a different type of rice that we use in here. Um, not typically the jasmine. It's um, it's brown rice. So we get you get when you taste it. Uh, one of the the uh, comments I've gotten from somebody who I know who tastes beer and will tell me the truth, whether it's bad or good, is it tastes like a rice krispie treat more or less. Nice. 
Uh, yeah, we were just what we were trying to do here is uh, basically uh, go past the typical rice lager where you just don't taste much off a typical rice lager. You know, right. like like here you got a lot of flavor. And yeah, we we're, were really extremely happy with how this beer turned out. Okay, that's awesome. I do. It's, it's I really I cool do love. Art. I love. Yeah, that's what I what I'm really like. And I hate to be like the guy like look at that can art. Because I, I also enjoy the beer, but, you know, we were talking about it earlier, like Cobra Kai is definitely sweeping the nation, if you will. Um, so this is definitely some great marketing right here, uh, and especially with a rice lager. So the can art's dope. So we already won with that, but the fact that it, it is a rice lager, I'm going to be excited because that's up my jam. You know, this is like my jam right here. Um, is this like a, like a shift beer for you guys or something that you guys usually drink during the day? Uh, definitely. Oh, yeah. And when I can steal a couple cans to go home and nobody knows about it, <laughs> that, that works too. We'll edit that part out, I promise. <laughs> is um, this something you guys, is this one of your core beers or is this something newer? It's one of the ones we're more introducing. It's, it's not, it, it has the, uh, we're hoping it becomes a core beer. Okay. Um, it just, you know, you know how the market goes. It, it's, you know, whether people are going to pick it up or not, you know, it's just, it's luck. But I mean, in terms of like what we've produced here, we're we're all extremely happy with it. Awesome. Um, well, cheers. cheers. First first beer of the show. I'm excited because it's a great way to start the show, by the way. So let's dive in. It's clean. First compliment um, on the beer uh, from a brewer to another brewer is um, for this style absolutely 100% positively nailed how it needs to look, right? This is one of the hardest. A lot of people think this is the easy, cheap beer, right? No, these beers are very, very hard to make. <laughs> and the lagering process is very time-consuming, and uh, you got to have a lot of patience. And this came out just beautifully. I mean, I can I can see all the Iron Maiden fans right through this glass right now, so that's... <laughs> That's perfect. Thank you. Um, this was a slow lagering process for this beer. We went. Yeah. To, um, we found that when we uh, dropped it too hard, the uh, the lager yeast would pop put like um, some esters out of it. Right. So we were just trying to minimize that as much as possible to get the you know the, the malt flavor in there. Yeah. And uh, so this is like a degree a day. We did. Wow. With lots of dumps in between, just to get all that yeast off. Well, the look came out good, and the taste even better. I, I don't know about you, Brandon, but it's super crisp, super clean. Totally. Rinse is clean off your palate without leaving any uh, bitter aftertaste. I mean, this is exactly what you would want in this style of beer. Uh, and I see that it's in cans, so now people are going to know about it. There might not be any cans for you to take home anymore once they figure this out. Totally. I would be happy with that. That's good. That's Yeah. Awesome job, man. Good job on this beer. That's Absolutely. dope. Thank you. This is like a, like a long-haul beer. This is like a beer you, you crack early in the day, and it's something you can take, you know, you can drink all day long. So. Yeah, we we call we call this like you know my you know being a dad the lawnmower beer right exactly. you know just oh, yeah. crush it out there go do your your uh, honeydew list you know and makes it less uh, you know getting nagged at by the wife it makes it less hard because you got some lager on board but oh, yeah. uh, keeps you refreshed and uh, not too uh, inebriated by the time you're done with your honeydew list yeah, definitely absolutely yeah great job on this so sweep the keg rice lager available at Noble L Works. Uh, did it drop yet, or when's the cans available? Uh, the cans are available right now. Right now, right now. Awesome. Yeah. And they actually should be in market as of today. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay, perfect. So out to distribution as well. We made it out here just in time. Perfect timing, <laughs> yeah. Before it's, before it's gone. 
Yeah, I think we just hit San Diego markets with this. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Wow. Uh, got, we got a lot of friends and listeners down in the San Diego market, so they'll be happy to uh, hear about this on the show. And actually, uh, somebody in mind, uh, a friend of mine down there, uh, he works for, I don't know if you guys have heard of Seek Beer uh, Company, a uh, brand new brewery that just opened in North Park area. A uh, buddy of mine moved out from Texas to go work there. And uh, he loves the style of beer, so this will be right up his alley. So go snag some for sure. Um, but yeah, great job. Yeah, it's cool. Wow. Thank you, guys. That is really good. <laughs> I had to finish my glass before yeah. I said that. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm, I hate to be like, okay, you know, I'm not here to blow smoke or anything, but truly that is a damn good rice lobby. Thank you very much. It's yeah. much appreciated. I mean, outside the process, uh, you want to speak to the yeast at all? Or at least yeah. the cold side process? What, for uh, sweet? Uh, yeah, sure. Um, so this was actually done with um, high-pressure lager yeast. Uh, for those who are wondering, WLP925 from okay. White Labs. Um, so we, we typically put... Um, put it at 10 psi when it ferments yeah at a higher fermentation temperature it's it's makes the ferment ferment a little bit faster okay. on the primary side so we're fermenting about 64 to 66 wow with um just like uh, midway through you know we'll do that increase the temperature you know two to four degrees just to let it burn off the you know everything that was, you know conditioning process get that quicker through yeah um but the lagering process is kind of you know like you said it's tedious it's long yes. But it matters so much because we've seen what happens when you don't lager a beer properly. It, just what comes out of the yeast that's stored is 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 unbelievable. We, I mean, yeah. you know, just so. I mean, it was a degree a day until we got to, thir- to around, you know, 32 is that. I mean, sorry, 42 is temperature where yeast typically, you know, goes dormant. So we'll let it right. sit above 42 for a day or two just to do a couple of dumps to get everything we can off there with a little bit more head pressure, and then we'll just drop it down to 38, 36, you know, and go from there. Um, find it, filter it, package it. Awesome. You can hear, going back to what you were saying, Justin, like the complexity of brewing a beer like that, you know, just hearing you go through just, you know, those are five of a million steps you probably went through to get that beer, you know. And then yeah. he had to clean up afterwards. Right. <laughs> that's the worst part. <laughs> Hopefully that's not me doing it, you know. I'm, I'm praying. <laughs> right. But um, yeah, it, it is hard, but at the same time, I want to say it's, you know, it's something that's just you need to pay attention to. Yeah. It's not t- really hard. It's just one of those attention things. Come and do it five, ten minutes a day, like, for those, you know, who want to do this. It, it's not tough, you know. Yeah. It, I, 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 do, I will say this, um, you know, my, obviously most of my experience comes from the home brewing side. Uh, uh, learned from Joshua Kunkel, my original co-host, uh, who passed away. I don't know if you guys knew about that, but uh, he... Um, very passionate about brewing, Tommy, on that side. But then b- being able to go on the commercial side, we did a couple collabs and stuff like that and see that it definitely, like, where I thought it would be harder makes it a much more easier animal than home brewing, for sure. Uh, not to say it doesn't have its challenges, but, yeah, definitely uh, you're spoiled when you get on the big equipment and all the fancy stuff. But, uh, yeah, it's yeah. still a lot of work, a lot of work. That's why I joked about the cleanup because that's... <laughs> That's probably more work than it should be. Oh, yeah. Sanitation is key. Now, do you have, uh, like, assistant brewers that come in after you and kind of clean up after your work? Uh, yeah, a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> He's laughing because uh, it's him. <laughs> it is It is mostly me, but, no, we have um, – so um, 
our head sellerman is Brandon Castillo, who used to be the ex um, head brewer over, over at Anaheim Modern Times. So um, okay. he's one of those guys that I don't need to have any direction for. He, he knows what he's in, doing. He yeah. comes in here and he gets it done. Right. And we have a good relationship and do that. And we have uh, one other guy, Devin Morris, who comes through. He's kind of learning. But, I mean, he does a lot of the cleanup, too. Yeah. But, I mean, yeah, I clean up a lot. <laughs> <laughs> That's like 90% of the job. Oh, 100%. Yeah. The other 10% is the fun part. <laughs> so, cool. All right. Well, we're going to dive into another beer. Yep. So, what do we have here? So, this is uh, Check It Out. This is our Czech Pills that we did. Um, it is uh, 4.3 ABV, um, but it's high uh, IBU, 40. Oh, IBU, okay. so more like a traditional check. It's much more hoppier. Uh, it's uh, with saws and tradition. I would tell tradition, so you get that nice grassy spice flavor. The front is uh, the front. You get like a floral bloody flavor from the Czech pills we use from uh, I think it's Czech Provlov is the company we use for it. We were really really happy with the floral notes we got off it. Um, let's let's yeah, drink it. I can't wait. This, this is, this one is of my, my favorite, favorite one right here. Thank you so much. Cheers, on this. Cheers, guys. Definitely smells like a Czech beer. Oh, yeah. That's a green bottle beer. I honestly think I just smelled the microphone rather than the beer. Microphone smells good, I promise. They're sanitized <laughs> for your protections. <laughs> oh, yeah. Mm. Smells like a green beer and tastes green. better than a green beer, oh, but yeah. uh, very, very good. Man, that's too solid, like beer dad style beers right there <laughs> like couldn't have picked some better beers totally. i'm such a sucker for like a, a czech style or italian style like this it just oh yeah mm. it's so good yeah so when we uh made this so we made a, a precursor beer to this you know so um this was actually detoxed a single detoxion yeah mash on our system um, we had done a precursor with the malt where we did like a 50-50 blend of, malt, of, of the Czech malt with some, some two-row we had from the silo. Yeah. And you could tell the Czech malt coming through was giving this amazing flavor to it. So we just went ahead and did the Czech pills. And we were just, you know, that flavor that came through, like um, when it's cold and crisp on tap, like, like it's hard to beat for me personally. And is this something you could find in Noble year-round? Uh, so this is actually the first time we've actually brewed it. Okay. Um, so, really? Yeah, yeah. So we were, we were just so happy with it that um, came out great. Yeah, that we, it was an easy beer to brew. Yeah. You know, and, and it's one of those beers that we can just do over and over again as long as you know people are drinking it, which we see. Um, so probably, yeah, it'll, it definitely didn't come back around. Man, this is this is. Uh, look at the got some nice lacing on there, like just really so much flavor, like two totally different beers. A lot of people are going to look at these and say they're the same, right? When you're talking, you know, Pilsner's lagers, all that, ah, it's the same. Um, and obviously a much more trained person's going to know the difference between the two. But even someone not experienced, once they smell it and taste it, they're going to know the difference. It's a totally different experience than like what we had with the rice lager, you know, which was much more. At any rate, it, would, it would be us that, that happens, you know, right? Yeah, yeah, that would be us. Yeah. So it's, it's like live TV. We're, we're good it's with screen up stuff here. That's right. That's right. So we'll see. Um, but if it didn't, if it didn't, we'll talk about that. We had rice lager to begin with. Sweep the cake. That was absolutely amazing. Yep. And um, uh, now we're having a Czech style beer. And what was this one called again? Check it out. It's check it out. Check it out. I love the play on words check there. That's, that's good. Who comes up with these names? 
Uh, this was me because I couldn't think of anything else and I needed to submit it, you know, do the GABF submission for yeah, it. So I was yeah. like, uh, check it out. It was like, <laughs> you know, there's probably like a million other check it outs like, that people are selling right now in their top rooms. Right. <laughs> uh, it's a good name. Yeah. I would, as we're sipping on this, I would love to hear like more about your guys' personal stories of like how you got into the beer industry, how you got into brewing, if you wouldn't mind sharing. Let's do it. I think oh, yeah, might yeah, be of actually, course. Um, so, you want to go first? I was going to say, I think they're pretty similar to his. I mean, yeah. I cut my oats in, you know, home brewing and kind of progressed through that world, you know, to the point of educating home brewers and then ended up here. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, no, so I'm kind of the same. So, um, before coming here as an attorney, and my buddies like one night because uh, we're like let's do a homebrew because so I went to school at UC Davis so I always had that homebrew yeah. like I, you know they have that huge school there but it was always one of those things that it was like too highfalutin like it's it's always you know conveyed is so complex that I never even gave it a shot like we did the one homebrew there that you do and it's crap I was like wow this is too much you know it's in the you know the little white bucket you know it comes out and it's terrible um, but like I'd say like was it 2017 my buddies like let's just let's do it. And so we did a homebrew, and I still remember that night sitting in my bathtub in a bathtub full of ice, trying to get it to chill down to temperature. <laughs> Wait, you were in the bathtub too? Yeah, I was in the bathtub too. <laughs> I was I was cuddling with you know the little white bucket because well, it, it needed to get down temp. You know, it's really <laughs> important. So then afterwards, I stick it in the um, the closet, forget completely about it. Like like a month later, come back, clearly it's been oxidized. It's it's you know it's supposed to be an IPA. It's not bitter. Because that was one of those, you know, those boxes where they give you like a certain yeah. amount of hops, stuff like that. And so we we pulled off, and it's it looks like a dark beer, and we're like, oh. so we condition it, pulled off, and it tastes like a, you know, when you get really oxidized beers, it actually produces good sherry flavor to it. Yeah. So everybody loved it. Yeah. It was an amazing beer, um, and then just continued to brew. Um, I got really got into it, got into the science of it, got into the creativity of it, and um, like I want to say about eight months into me home brewing, I picked up a job at Ballast Point. And double time for uh, doing bar backing and um, brewing in the, the little brew pub they have there. And I eventually got hired shortly thereafter to do both the Long Beach and the um, and the uh, Anaheim Disney, the downtown Disney location nice. to be the brewer there. So like, um, and Chris Klein, the, the brewer there was amazing. Taught me tons of stuff. Um, you know, syncopate it, check it out. Lakewood, like um, he's my mentor. He's my good friend. Um, he makes amazing beers. Yeah. Um, cool. So, I mean, the rest is just um, a couple years at R&D, Ballast Point, doing a small batch production and doing actually doing R&D, having the kettle sour program and the sour program and all the fooders out there, learning all about that stuff, creating an ecosystem, like, you know, with the different, you know, organisms you throw in there. It was a lot of fun. And um, COVID hit, like, we got shuttered. And um, I was just looking around, and this is one of the places where I really want to work. Yeah. And... Um, things just hit off I, they got in contact with me and I came over and did the interview and the rest is history um, awesome and here you are Noble yeah. L Works at Brewer I like that yeah that's awesome and, you know I'd say a lot of uh, people that go into the professional side you know usually will come from home brewing I've, very, I've heard very uh, little stories um, uh, there's one and he's an amazing brewer um, who had a background in media photography and all that and because of COVID he didn't have that job anymore and he started working it's a brewery up in the sacramento area called king kong brewing i don't know if you guys have heard of them um but uh he went in there and started as you know bar back sellerman learning the and then next thing you know he just started killing it uh, as a brewer and fell in love with it um he's not head brewer yet but that head brewer is going to step down soon and i think he'll probably slide in there and it's kind of weird because 
no experience at all for him. And he just he fell in love with it. That's awesome. I think it really matters your creativity. Like I think yeah. this is such a just because of prohibition, the field is it's just the, the creativity has been really like doled down, you know, over right. time. So like you know, around 1970s when when we start homebrewing legally. You start seeing creativity come back in the mix. You know, only recently have we seen the hazy IPA and people really starting to use hops for their flavor as opposed to bitterness. I mean, you just look, it's like an endless horizon of things you could do, yeah. basically. And I think a lot of us who are more creative focused, like, um, see everything that could be possible. Yeah. We're going to fail a lot of times, but, you know, as long as it's the right job and people understand where we're coming from, it's it's so much fun. It's hard. That's something that I... Uh that um, that I love is the like you know we were t- you were talking about science about it and the geeky stuff that you can do like you just mentioned with hops, being able to simulate certain flavors with a certain combination of hops, and I I never really knew that until Josh taught me how to brew, um, and it would be like we'd go, go to his house and I would have a style in mind of what we would want to brew and he'd go through all his stuff and he'd be like oh shit I'm missing this but if I take this and this and put it together it's going to simulate this flavor. And just stuff like that, you're just like, man, it's like you can MacGyver a beer and then, uh, you know, come up with some amazing combinations and then some other cool stuff that uh, I enjoy about brewing is sometimes you have what they call mistakes, right? You make some shit beer sometimes. But then also you have, like, what do they call them? Happy accidents, like the the painter guy. Oh, those are the best ones. Right? The best ones. (laughs) I meant to do something else, and this came out, but, oh, man, this is is great. Uh, As a... Belching Beaver. You guys know the story behind Follow Troy, the beer that they made? I do not. So they, uh, I don't even know what he was intending on making, uh, their head brewer Troy down there. I, I can't remember the exact part of the story, but I know that he was trying to make something else, and what came out was orange vanilla flavored double IPA. <laughs> And it's amazing, uh, but that's not what he was intending on doing. And I, I, I don't know if it was like he was going for something orange flavored, but then got the vanilla or vice versa. But um, it's cool how sometimes those little mistakes happen, and you're like, "Oh, this is this is cool." Or you were trying to make you know a certain style, and it didn't become that style, but it fits under another style, and it's and it just works. So yeah, yeah. brewing's I fun. Love, I love hearing those stories <laughs> yeah, about definitely. like, "Hey, we we were gonna brew this style or this kind of beer." And we came out with something totally different, but it's delicious, and people yeah. love it. We put it on tap. And, you know, has that ever happened at Noble if it, that you could speak of? I don't, know. I don't think yet. Okay. It will definitely happen. It yeah. just, you know, like at Ballast, when I was at Ballast, that happened quite a few times. Um, but, like, those beers, a lot of those beers became four beers. Yeah. So... I mean, those happy accidents are like, you know, I think we all wish for them. We don't, you know, they're not supposed <laughs> to happen, but in the back of our minds, we're like, yeah, maybe, maybe. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I kind of went, there's one beer in particular that Josh and I made that was god-awful, and I wish it ended up being a happy accident. Uh, but we, I had this thing in my head where I wanted to make something kind of like of an homage to my mother-in-law, who's like a health freak. And she's always trying to make you take turmeric pills and ginger pills and drops and dabs and all that. And so I was like, I want to make a ginger turmeric hazy IPA, right? Sounded great in theory. And Josh and I brewed it, and Josh miscalculated on the homebrew side. We put ginger and turmeric that would probably be more so on the commercial side, not on the homebrew side. So this beer was so thick and turmeric, it looked like a bottle of mustard when you poured it. And uh, it was horrible. Uh, very healthy, though. Like, we did the math on how much turmeric was in there. It was enough to last you for six months. Um, so I would joke when we had it bottled, I would joke with my mother-in-law, like, I don't need my turmeric pills anymore because I just drank this. 
because uh, I wasn't going to let it go to waste. We probably bottled maybe, I don't know, 40, 50 bottles of it, and we handed it out and did all this stuff. And It was weird. We actually had some people say they liked it, and I was like, you guys are just being nice because this is terrible. And But there were just some people that are like, you know, it doesn't really taste like a beer. It tastes more like a health drink at this point, but it's still good. And I'm just like, okay, whatever you say. <laughs> so uh, that beer actually was made commercially by Coachella Valley Brewing, um, but they put their own spin on it and actually made it really good. So shout out to Eric out there that, that brews for them. Um, when Josh passed away, a lot of the breweries wanted to make some of his recipes uh, in his honor. And so that was <laughs> when they were asking me for recipes and well, what's that one? You don't want that recipe. I, I have it because it's something him and I did together, so it meant something. But you don't want that recipe. They took it. Um, they obviously scaled way back on that stuff and then added coconut to it to balance out the bitterness of the turmeric. And it actually came out really nice <laughs> versus our version was not so great. So, but yeah. I wish, really? I, I wish I would have tried that. Just, no, you, you, you didn't just, want to try I'm just curious, man. <laughs> I might actually have one bottle. I don't know. Who knows? It's terrible. So, all right. Well, we're ready for our next uh, round. This Czech beer was amazing. I got And so this is Paul's beer. This beer is amazing. I can already tell what style of beer it is. I'm going to go ahead and take a guess that it's a hazy IPA. Close, but no cigar. Oh, really? So... I don't know. How's the story go on this one? We needed to prop up some yeast, and you gave me 24 well, hours. Yeah, yeah. We So we were, we were running a hard ship, and um, we needed the Cali to be propped up. And uh, okay. it was uh, one of those things where uh, Paul, what was it? Like, uh, you didn't think that the Cali would be able to hold the haze, right? Right, 100%. No, yeah, I'm, I'm used to using, you know, yeast that are intended for that. Yeah, so so my, my take on it was that it's not really the yeast that makes makes the haze, it's the connection of the polyphenols and the yeah. actual protein in the right. so so we made this and, and he did everything to it. This is all him, like hops and everything, um, and it just came out just beautifully dank. Like um, to me it tastes like orange creamsicle when you have it, um, when it's good. Um, and this even though the, the shelf life of this beer has been amazing. I think how long ago did we make this? Gotta be close to ninety days. Yeah, this, wow. I mean, this is a ninety-day-old, ninety-day-old beer, and and to me, it's still it's still hitting hard. Good stuff. Yeah, wow. yeah it yes. looks like a glass of OJ. It does it's look beautiful. It's a beautiful glass. Maybe to go back in the style. So what we have is a <laughs> an oat pale ale. Ooh. Okay. So IBUs are low enough to be approachable. Uh, so the oat is what's kind of creating that thick body, right? Like, smells great. So this is uh, Paul's Opa. <laughs> I think I think we call this one Felt OD Might Delete. Okay. Along the lines of Felt Cute Might Delete. I like that. Okay. Oh, wow. To so which I, I thought that he meant the beer was called Felt OD, but he might delete the name. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes you go too far down that rabbit hole when trying to create names. Occasionally. <laughs> I can tell you right now that um, this beer it probably does well for you guys for a few reasons you get a lot of a lot of great aroma on it and you do get the bitterness of some hops when you're drinking it right but i'm not tasting any residual like slap me in the face i don't have any tar stain on my tongue like that's good yeah good good job thank you what were the hops in there so dry hop two was some late harvest strata so you might be getting a little bit of kind of strawberry note from that yeah 
very subtle, but it's there. Uh, prior to that was uh, Mosaic Galaxy. I was going to say, I taste yeah, Galaxy. Galaxy is that's pretty standard. Yeah, oh, yeah, and there were some pretty unique kind of hot processes, you know, as far as temperature-wise that these guys kind of talked me into or led me down. You know, him yeah. and Brandon were like, hey, we understand <laughs> that you like, you know, 68-degree dry hops, but... yeah. If we drop this to uh, mid-50s for, you know, that Galaxy Mosaic, we're going to pull off some danker notes. Right. And I think we did mid-50s and mid-40s for the Strata. That's a, yep. That's awesome. Yeah, no, this is delicious. A great beer. I, yeah. That's a cool beer. It really is. What did the uh, ABV come back on? Oh, I'm going to have to peer at the board from here. I feel like we're... I think it's like six. I was going to say, like almost six, in that session status, like six, yeah. six to seven. Yeah, yeah. Definitely under seven. But that's something that uh, somebody that wants to venture into these styles of beer, but they don't want that heaviness or that, obviously, that higher ABV, um, this is perfect. Totally. Yeah, yeah the bo- body's yeah. light. I mean, yeah, that was a pop did a lot of work to this. Um, I think one of the things we do here is. Um, we actually manipulate the dry hops once we put them in. We just don't yeah. throw them in and let them sit there. So we'll rouse. Um, and to be honest with you, uh, me and uh, Sellerman Brandon were sitting there, and he he re- went way beyond where we would go rousing. We were a little bit worried about how much greenness and polyphenols would be put up in there. And the, the end result was so... I mean, it, when this was like a month old, like um, just the amount of orange notes you pulled off it was amazing. Yeah. Like, um, and still to this day, I mean, you guys are tasting it. This is, you know, you, I mean, how often do you have a 90-day-year-old, you know, like, that hazy does, IPAs that right. taste still this good? It, and, so. and, and, it's, and it hasn't, uh, you haven't got a, any sediment or anything like that? Like, just no, still no. clean, still yeah. crisp. Really, really good. Awesome. Um, so... We're talking about, so this is your beer, and obviously we tasted some of your beers. What are some of your go-to beers here, like some of your favorite beers to drink just all day or every day? I think Czech Pills is yours right now, maybe. Czech and Sweet. I, I think part of the reason is it gets so hot, it's yeah. hard to drink the high ABV beer beers we make. Yeah. Because we, we make some seven nines, some eights, and those hit you so quick right, right now. That, they that, taste great, but not uh, when you're working hard. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's typically like our locker room cristal, which starts our American like plain lager, yeah. sweep, and uh, for me, the Czech pills. What about you, Paul? I kind of fall in that same genre. Like... I, I'll default to my own, you know, obviously just to, just just to enjoy it. And Too see good how for the rest of us. Huh? Quality control, you know. You gotta Absolutely. Check on it weekly, daily, yeah. hourly. No. Totally. Yeah. Just uh, uh, yeah. Just just doing your job. No, but I, I like I like pulling off tanks and just kind of getting an idea where the beer's going, where it's shaping up. So for sure, that's really really good. I mean, you want to talk to what, maybe what's coming down some of the tanks right now? Oh yeah. What we're up to? I'd love to hear. Yeah. What's the future for Noble Ale? What's able like? to say? I mean. I'm kind of taking this in a, I mean, typically when you come in, um, because the pandemic did hit us hard. And so um, one of the things is is you got, I mean, coming from me, coming in here, knowing the history of the place, you know, great names, you know, looking at the recipe book, Evan Price's recipes, you know, you you got some heavy hitters who were here before. So one of our big things was, um, well, for my, is is to reestablish some of those old brands that have become not, you know, they've just kind of given way to, you know, the way the beer has gone, you know, taste-wise. Right. So, like, um, Big Wig's always been one of the big hitters here. I love it. Um, it's the Shower Series, Nobility. 
um, to recreate those. Like, um, not lose the um, that, that multi-IPA character, but to bring back the multi-IPA with a little bit less more malt, so it's more hop forward, um, is really what we're doing right now. So it's, it's a process, slowly getting there. We did one batch, we've done another batch, to where we're slowly just, like, turning the caramel malts into Munichs right. to let those hops push more forward and using different types of Munichs, like Munichs, dark Munichs, so like Grease 10, as opposed to like um, like some of the, you know, Wireman like 7, stuff like that. So we're going across the board to, to pull out different malt flavors to pair with different types of hops. And yeah. Just something different. Like um, everybody else is doing the hazies, doing the, we're doing the cold IPAs too, but we, I mean, the way I was thinking about it was like, let's, you know, everybody's doing this. We're in your community of San Diego. We're trying, you know, and we got, you know, Long Beach and Orange County pushing some yeah. amazing, amazing beers, you know. So I feel like we need to do something that's a little bit different, you know, to redefine ourselves, reestablish ourselves out there coming out of this pandemic because it has been so hard. And so we're just going to go with it. it. It might be hard. Uh, I'm pretty sure I've done some stuff. So, so with Ballast Point, when I did do R&D, I've done something similar to go build on this. Okay. To, to you know. To, so I know it's going to work. It's just a matter of how's you know how are people going to approach it? Are they going to like it or not? You know, right. I mean, but the, the going forward, generally, that is our our, our idea. And to, to reestablish some of the old guys like uh, like Naughty Sauce, bring back Naughty Sauce, all the variants of Naughty Sauce that people used to love. Like yeah. uh, Paul just uh, just did cinnamon uh, roast crunch, right? Cinnamon roast crunch. Yeah, cinnamon roast yeah. crunch. I yeah. like that. And um, we're going to do some more pepper beers. And we have, right now, we have a, we're building up our house culture for lacto to do some sours. Um, just, yeah, I mean, we would typically get a normal pitch, but like, uh, I just, I'm one of those guys, when I was at Ballast, I created the house culture there, there and I want to do it again here. Um, just to, you know, so everything's noble, you know, yeah. that, that's the goal is, you know, to recreate, reestablish everything that was great, make it great again. Absolutely. I love that. Definitely got a, a solid uh, foundation, you know, working for one of the, the, the bigger breweries and having, having a lot of flexibility there. And, and uh, I know there, the R&D program, I absolutely loved at Ballast Point. Um, you know, I remember going into their spot down right. I was, you know, from San Diego, so I'd go to the Miramar location. And um, some of those beers were just wild. And, and you noticed that they were kind of the pioneer of that, like, a lot of the breweries in the area were doing mostly all traditional. It was you know, obviously San Diego, so it was like every brewery had West Coast IPAs. That was like their whole menu, just different hop variations. And then you'd go to Ballast Point, and it was like you would have, you know, Victory at Sea, but you would have like eight different variants of Victory at Sea, and they even started the whole Victory at Sea Day thing to, to celebrate that, and it was just really cool. And I remember uh, one of my favorite beers that I ever had. I don't know if you ever had a hand in this, um, but it was a uh, stout called Oompa Loompa, and it was a chocolate-covered orange stout. And I just, it was so good, man. It was like one of those things I could remember from Ballast that really hit home for me. Um, but, yeah, so that's cool that you're going to be bringing some of that R&D and, like, different variations and all that here. So Yeah, it's, totally. it's not fun unless you do it, right? That's, I mean, to me, I'm right. a homebrewer core, and that's what homebrewing is, is being creative. Yeah. Like, and I think at the end of the day, like, um, the best beers are made, you know, by people who are originally homebrewers because they got that creativity, you know. Yeah. I think it's hard coming from production side when you don't, you haven't had the ability to create. Yeah. You know, so, I mean, we hope, you know, but you, there's always that, you know, double, you know, catch-22 is it could be the worst crap you've ever tasted in your entire life. <laughs> <laughs> it so, happens, right? Like turmeric and ginger. I mean, right. but that's the best part is f- pushing that beer on other people to make them yeah. taste it and just seeing their faces and just, yeah. you know, you know it's going to be bad, but, you know. Yeah. Shout out to our sponsor, the Craft Lounge, Jimmy, the owner. 
he actually told Josh, don't you ever fucking make this beer again. <laughs> ever. That was his exact quote. And he sticks to it to this day. And in fact, when we got the Coachella Valley Brewing version of it, he was like hesitant. Like, I don't even want to try that. I'm like, no, but it's like totally different. You should at least give it a shot. <laughs> he was so worried about it. But the thing is, like, you go out and you try that, and someone tried it, and they went, hey, you know what? If we lighten this up by, I don't know, 400%, yeah, yeah, this actually, exactly. and pair it with a little coconut, this actually might be something. Right. And that's where I think, like, a lot of, you know, home brewers kind of make that transition when they join a club. Yeah. They start sharing it with people outside their, you know, their niche, and all of a sudden it's like, hey, this is not an IPA. Exactly. Here's what will make it an IPA. You start right. sharing. Right. Do you guys find that the Anaheim brewing community is pretty collaborative? Because obviously you guys are around, like, so many other like great breweries and just you have such a scene down here like you guys oh, <laughs> i see can, a smile I mean, I will, I well for me like uh, as far as like home brewing community that was something that took me that yeah. that's what really got me going uh, i joined oc mashups local homebrew group and you know one of the first things they're like hey we're having a competition whoever wins this competition gets their brew beer brewed at scale And that, to me, is like, you know, you want to head down a rabbit hole of tenacity and really learn about things. You know, you kind of put that at the end end of your uh, stick, and it's like, man, your mind just goes for it. You know, everything else follows. Yeah. That's cool. No, no, we we do. We we have a lot of friends in the community. It's just it's it's kind of a weird spot for everyone right now because the pandemic yes. emerging out of it has yeah. been weird because everybody went to cans because yeah. of, you know and now going back to drop it's kind of weird. Some people are coming back, some people are not. Some people are really suffering right now. Yeah. Like you, you see it. Um, so right now, one of our things, you know, first and foremost, is to get our collab game pan, you know, collabs back up and running around yeah. here. But um. We're still at the part where we're still trying to get ourselves up and running again, right. you know. So, um, but yeah, d- definitely we got friends. Like um, everybody comes around. We talk to a lot of people. Everybody's friendly. Yeah, you know, it's a good community. It is, and there's some amazing breweries here in the area. And um, you know, I, I like to shout it out for people that are. You know, we talked about the house of the mouse, but tons of tourists come out here. You know, hundreds of thousands a year for just Disneyland. And it used to be you didn't really have a whole lot of choices for you know a craft beverage it was yeah you could go to a local bar especially at disneyland uh you weren't getting craft beer there at all and then ballast point shows up there which was awesome and then um i was just talking about it on i think on the last episode the cool part about going to disneyland now you go to the california adventure and i mean i had crowns and hops bottle logic um who else was there uh House, Bottle Logic, I think I saw El Segundo. Like, they had, like, all these breweries, and it's like, back in the day, it was Coors Light, Bud Light at Disneyland. That's all you could choose from. And so it's cool to see, um, you know, craft beer in Disneyland. So that's that's awesome. And then just this whole area, like, if you're staying in the area, I mean, brewery hopping, it's, it's amazing. Obviously, you guys have a great location because you're super close for the games, right? So you got Angel Stadium right across the way. You've got Honda Center on the other side of the freeway, which is apparently uh, Iron Maiden tonight, right? Gonna, yeah, yeah. Rock I, out. I will say, you know, every time I'm in the area, I'm always like, okay, I need a refresher of what breweries are around me. Right. So I Google, like, all right, best breweries in Anaheim. Noble always comes up at the top of the yes. list. Yeah. That's, you don't have to scroll to find Noble. You guys are always right there. So. Yeah. And things keep opening. It's been crazy lately. Yeah. And then some of these breweries coming in are amazing. Yeah. Like, um, it's rad. I, I'm yeah. stoked that you guys have Monkish out here. That's, like, oh, yeah. one of the big, like, heavy hitters that everybody in the beer community talks about and now it's like 
I absolutely was a refusal to drive all the way out to their Torrance location. I don't like L.A. I don't like the traffic. I don't like any of it. Um, unless I was talked into, I don't know if you guys know this, but by their OG location, there's a King's Hawaiian factory that makes the rolls. Yep, yep. You can smell it from miles away, and they actually have a restaurant there. So I've gone there once, and it was amazing. I actually uh, used to work right down the street there. And, okay. Uh, had to make excuses during lunch hour to uh, go get a go, hot, fresh go, roll. Go, <laughs> get a hot, yeah, fresh roll and a four-pack. There you go. Yeah, it, the, the four-pack's important. It was monkish. It was like I usually had to pay a little bit extra to get my monkish. Uh, but now it's like, you know, we're Disney freaks, my, my family, and uh, we're down here a lot. And so it's like, okay, I can stop by monkish. I mean, it's right there where my wife loves umami burger, and it's like right next door. So that's kind of like our thing. We'll go there for lunch before we go to the park, and then I'll partake in some monkish, and we're good to go. So it's cool that you guys have that here. Uh, you know, obviously, for people out here, it's like, man, you can you can come here, Noble Elworks, right off of the 57 freeway. Like, you can almost touch it from here. Park for uh, free. Yeah. Park, yeah, right. And what better uh, place to pregame if you're going to like Honda Center for a uh, you know show? Iron Maiden, right? Iron Maiden, whatever <laughs> it is. No, it's absolutely. Come have a couple drinks at at Noble before you head over there. You're gonna feel better. You're gonna enjoy the concert more. And you're also you not going to break first. the bank because, I mean, right. shoot, last time I was at Honda Center, I think one Coors Light ran me about $17. I can get a, probably a four-pack here for almost that. Like, these guys are crazy over there. So it's really cool. You guys got a nice location. And, um, you know, it's, I don't know, you're talking about the pandemic, seeing this place packed is awesome. Yeah, it really totally. is. Yeah, no, I mean, for us, it's, you know, quite literally having both within walking distance, it's amazing. I mean, you, whoever's in town, You'd be surprised how quickly this place fills up. Don't don't get me wrong. We have Angels fans, but when we have yeah. you know Ducks and then Kings, I mean, you couldn't tell if this whose bar is what. All right. That's so awesome. um, we're gonna get into another beer that we got out wow. here. What do we got? So yeah. this is uh, Aim for the Fences, our cold IPA, just keeping Ooh. with the trends. Um, okay. This is uh, also uh, is the same as Sweep. It's. Um, the high pressure lager yeast used on it. It mm-hmm. comes in at seven nine. It's nice. a heavy hitter. Um, dry hop is uh, mosaic and a Nelson. Okay. Um, this is this is kind of a, a one of those beers that's in development. I think this is the second batch we made. Okay. Um, but just because it is a new beer, a new style, kind of, we've just right. kind of taken our own like like our own tack to it in yeah. a sense. Like um, so like for us like uh, now we're starting to to. Uh, in this most recent batch to, to dry hop with the lagering process. Okay. So we're dropping it four degrees a day, but we're also adding like three or four dry hops in there. Nice. And since we run on our ports that we dry hop through are so small, there's not a lot of surface area yeah, yeah. for the air to get through, so we're not that worried about it. Right. About uh, oxygen ingress. Um, and, and just uh, throwing them in there, you get, when you, you do different temperatures, you get different, you know, variants, but you also get from each dry hop, you get push more, yeah. more flavor comes out from each when you're splitting them up. And so we, we start higher with the Nelson, we throw in the mosaic, get more of the dank notes on the bottom. So we want, our, our Nelson's supposed to be more forward on this with mosaic in the background, you want yeah. berry notes. Um, we're happy with it. it. It's one of our best-selling beers and we're just continuing to develop it, you know, as we go forward. I think we have two batches in tanks right now because it is so popular. Yeah. And this, uh, the Aim for the Fence is a series, right? You got different variations yes we also okay. have aim for the nets is which okay. is, it applies to the the ducks games over there just yeah. we, we do you know feel obligated to um, you know cater to the people who come here who give us you know the games the angels games and the ducks games to where we need to give them each what they deserve absolutely yeah i've got the little angel guy here on the can 
definitely yeah. appealing to the uh, the angels. I still I I'm old school. They're still to me California Anaheim Angels. I refuse. I totally agree with you, man. <laughs> I couldn't even I couldn't agree more. I, I it, it's one of those things where I'm like, how can you even call them the Los Angeles Angels? There's, we're not in L. A. Yeah, that's crazy. It's dri- it's driven me nuts since the day they yeah. did it. I get that they wanted that part of the market because you're right next to it, but it's like we already got a team in L.A. Yeah. And why wouldn't we spotlight an amazing city like Anaheim? I, I know, mean, I know. I guess they're just fooling people that are not like familiar with the area, and they just assume, oh yeah, Anaheim and Los Angeles. Yeah. Well, the well, same th- thing. Thankfully, that yeah. ownership has changed. Yes. So I mean, better yeah. things to come. I hope. I hope. Yeah, that's what I was initially sawing when Art Moreno said, "I'm we're, we're getting out of here. I'm going to sell." Or I think he was actually voluntold to sell, which I think is really what happened. But uh, get a new owner here that's very, um, you know, area-specific, maybe some business person that, you know, has ties to the area. And definitely I can see a name change happening, you know, where they're yeah, going to go back to nice. Anaheim. Yeah. It wasn't a Dave Stewart's team is, is, is in on the buy, like the old pitcher? Oh, that would be One amazing. One of them, yeah. There's yeah. several. There's several. It would be nice to see. Just bring it back to the locals, and I'm sure everybody here in Anaheim would be very happy with that. Yeah. Myself, I'm, I'm, I'm admit it, not an Angel fan because I was born and raised in San Diego, right? So as you can imagine, I like the brown and yellow, the Padres. I seen it. I seen it already. Don't think <laughs> oh, I didn't no. see it. Podcast, they're, they're kicking us out, Jay. <laughs> Their podcast is over. But uh, yeah, love, love, love the San Diego Padres, and the Angels always have been like a team that I never hated. I always respected them. I liked them. Um, I liked a lot of the players, uh, like when I was younger, you know, way before the Trout Otani craze, right? So when I was younger, you had like Tim Salmon and stuff like that. It was like, okay, they were fun. And when they went and won the World Series, guys had the Rally Monkey. I remember being a kid and being excited about that because obviously my team wasn't so great. So I had somebody to root for and cheer for because for me as a Padre fan, it's anybody but the Dodgers. So that's just kind of how I roll. <laughs> I feel like I still have a Tim Salmon ball sign somewhere right, in my parents' right. house. Tim Tim Salmon. Let's see. Who was the other guy? Garrett, Garrett Anderson. Garrett Anderson. You had Scott Spizio at first base. Yep. You had Adam Kennedy at second. Uh, Eckstein. Yeah, had Eckstein for a while. Eckstein at shortstop and second base. And yep. then third base, you had Troy Gloss. Center field, you had Darren Erstad. Right. Erstad. That's who I was yeah, thinking Yeah, yeah. Was, right, was a right stuff. field with Salmon. Wow. The catcher was Benji and or Jose Molina. And then you had uh, that's awesome. who you had on the mound. Yeah. Oh, I knew. I'd seen tickets yeah. when I was a little kid growing up, so I was all about the Angels. Yeah. Fun, and then you had Mike Sosha as your coach, and he was grouchy as, I don't oh, yeah. know. <laughs> He's just oh, fun yeah. to watch, just super grouchy, come waddling out of the out of the, out of of the the dugout and yell at the umpires, and, yeah, he was fun. So definitely had some good teams out there. Man, with the guys that you have now, hopefully they can build around that and make you something hope, happen. right? Right? Some of the best players ever play the game. Yeah. It's kind of amazing. Especially Otani. That, that's one of those, like, never been in the league before. A guy that can be Cy Young caliber pitcher as well as a MVP hitter at the same time. Like, that's insane. Yeah, it's, uh, I mean, it's, it's interesting to see this MVP race with um, Judge and Otani because, I mean, how can you deny Otani? Even yeah. though Judge is doing what he's doing, which is absolutely freaking amazing. Hey, man, I mean, he's, 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 a beast and you would expect that out of him but for somebody to be able to have a winning record and be one of the best pitchers in the american league but then also hit 30 home runs and have an amazing batting average you're like that's unheard of it's yeah. never been done before yeah i mean it's ruthian it really is yeah. man it's it's more than ruthian it's what he does is amazing yep absolutely so 
Well, we're going to try some aim for the fences. Shout out to the Angel fans I've here been, in Anaheim. Yeah, I've been staring at it. I, oh, thank you very Great much. color on it. The cold IPA thing's definitely uh, taken up, and yeah, I have my we? I have my arguments about cold IPA. Let, right? Let's talk. <laughs> don't let's don't, talk, don't we all? Yeah, yeah. The, Jimmy, Paul, can you guys take us through like the style of cold IPA? Because I I feel like my head is still kind of spinning on it. So my understand my understanding of the style is that basically, I mean it's it's a, it's it's an it's an IPL with yes. a lot of rice in it. Yeah. For a minute at a higher temperature, basically. Dry hops, just like a West Coast IPA, but with more cleanliness in it than a West. Then you get out in the East. Yeah. So I mean, I mean that's what I understand it to be. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I uh, and I don't I don't mind the style at all, you know. But and then there's some subtle differences, and uh, it, it's been explained to me. But I'm still like, I made a I don't know if it's TikTok or a reel. I don't know what the hell one of one of them. But it was like me with like the floating like reading rainbow heads. And it said, like, when a brewery calls something a cold IPA and not an IPL, <laughs> something like that, something to that effect. Um, but I, who cares what you call it? It doesn't yeah, matter. Yeah. It's, an it's yeah. an IPL. It's an IPL. What's weird is, like, you hear, like, different kind of variations on the definition of the style. Everybody's so got I, their own spin on it. I like to it. hear, yeah. yeah no, I mean, well, so it's kind of, yeah, I don't know. Uh, well, I look no, at it so, this so, way. So my, my point is, so when we were at Dallas, we did an RD beer called Hop Soda. Okay. This is before the, the cold IPA. And we, we did something where um, we took German ale yeast for a minute of high temperature. Yeah. It was a 50-50 blend of Pils, Pilsner malt and dextrose. Okay. And I mean, so, and it was it was intended to be the, you know, backlash to the hazy IPA. And that's, so that's always what I thought about this beer. It really, right. There's no set style. It is more or less a backlash to the IPA yes. like trend. I mean, that's what it is. We want something clear, something bright. We want something that's flavorful, but it's not going to be over, you know, overboard, like, yeah. you know, with hops of five pounds per barrel or 10 pounds, right. however many you're going to put in there. I mean, it's just kind of almost pulling the trend back to West Coast. Yeah. In my sense. And that's how I, I view it. Um. I, I look at it this way as like, you know, it's one of those things where there's maybe some slight variations to it, uh, but I kind of compare it to you have New England style IPA and hazy IPA. Like, we're talking about the same beer here. I know that when you go back east, and I don't know, have you been back east? I, I've been back east, but never to taste the. I, I've okay. never had, I wasn't back there when they had the hazy IPA trend, but I know people who actually are from there. And so when I would used to make beers, for um, back in the day for hazies, they would always critique it as saying they like the New England style better. And yeah. their take on that was that New England style had a higher IBU than your typical hazy IPA. So like I'd run a typical hazy IPA at 20, 30 IBU. And they would say, no, 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 a New England style is 30 to 50. Yeah. Like higher higher bitterness in there. I'm like, sure. And that's the way I've always taken it. Because right. really, I don't care. Yeah. I just want to make good beer. <laughs> what, I, what I find funny about the East Coast that um, kind of cracked me up a little bit is when you go to a brewery or even a, a, a bar or a bottle shop and you look at the menu, it's just an IPA. They don't call it New England style or hazy. they just IPA. Um, and if you want our style of IPA, right, a West Coast IPA, then it will say West Coast IPA. Uh, so I just thought that was kind of funny because we went to, um, God, I'm trying to remember the first one that I went to. Uh, let's see here. 
Uh, New York, is the other, other half maybe? The other half, and it just like IPA. And then I get it, and I mean, talking, it was that nice light yellow hue, nice and thick, pillowy mouthfeel, and I'm like, okay, cool. <laughs> I guess that's what we're doing over here. Yeah, that's, um, that's pretty interesting, actually. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a trip. Um, yeah, but mean, I, their beers like, are amazing. I mean, and they pioneered it. And, of course, there's always that argument, which one's better, right? And I, my personal opinion is I don't think that there's one better than the other. It's your personal preference. There's a beer for everybody. Um, but I, if, if you're going to go IPA, you're going to like a West Coast-style IPA because you want the hops. You want that bitterness. You want that, you know. But hazies have their own place in this world. Absolutely. There's yeah. a place for both. Absolutely. <laughs> so this is good. Yeah. No, what do you like think, it. Paul? What do you what do you think of Aim for the Fence Cold IPA? I dig it. It's it's. I prefer lighter bodied, you know, hot forward beers. Yeah. The lagering process. It's just such a cleaner profile. It's like the hops kind of come in and then they're gone. Right. That lingers on your palate. All right. So. A couple mathematical equations. We'll see after you've already had what was the third beer. Um, I'm not going to ask like an actual algebraic equation, but how much beer do you guys actually pump out of here? Uh, so, yeah, and going back to the pandemic, like um, typically, like we want to be pumping out about 45 to 60 a week, which isn't rough. Yeah. Like um, that's basically what we're doing. But we, you know, the hiccups with reestablished distribution have, you know, come back, you know, to where we need to sit and right. wait a little bit, like while these distro lines get, get, you know, established. Yeah. So, I mean, but like, um, right now we're like 30 to 60, um, you know, going to scale it up sooner rather than later. It looks like, right. uh, but yeah, right, right around like, I'd say 45, okay. say 45. That's a, that's a pumping brewery right there. And obviously you get, you, you have the capabilities of pumping much more, uh, here and, and I'm sure you will, um, you know, it's nice that the, uh, I don't know, they, they say the pandemic's over. I don't know if it's actually really over, over, but as far as the restrictions and everything that we all went through, I think we're we're good to go with that. Now, I do know there's something coming up on the horizon, and I don't know if you guys can speak on it. I was talking to Brandon about it earlier, and we're kind of seeing it in a lot of articles and through the news is the, um, uh, the CO2 shortages. Uh, is that something that you think or anticipate might affect you guys or not to this level? I think that our dispute, the person we get CO2 from, like, uh, we, we're solid. We've never yeah. had any issues, but right. we definitely, like, personally, I see that going forward because it's not just a supply chain issue. It's more yeah. or less like, I don't know how much you guys have read on it, but the EV car issue is all, yeah. the, all the CO2 comes from corn, you know, the corn where they make the ethanol from the corn. It's yes. a byproduct of that. So with EV cars coming out, you know, I think going forward, even without supply chain issues going forward, we're going to see less CO2. I mean, so we're, we're keeping an eye on it. Yeah. It is one of those things we just can't keep our eye off of. We didn't yeah. keep paying attention. And, and there have been times during the pandemic where I've actually um, run into more CO2, yeah. like uh, going through our suppliers to just find CO2. And we're just sitting on our, you know, our eight hands with nothing to do. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, and I don't see that going away anytime soon. Like, I see okay. going forward to the point where, like, uh, CO2 capture is going to have to be more prominent in every brewery that can right. afford it. Yeah. Um, it's one of the things that we're starting to look at, maybe, possibly. Um, well, I think kind of a, a, a nice little nod to that is some of these, you know, uh, spunded, you know, high-pressure lager yeast beers is 
we're yeah, actually you know, the beers not take as much CO2 for us to carve. Correct. Because it's our it's already dissolved in solution. Yeah. As a as a as a byproduct of you know spending. Yeah. Awesome. Well, I think that's uh, something that you know, like you say, keep an eye on it. And I'm just I'm hoping I'm praying for all our friends in the industry that it doesn't really hit as hard as they say it's going to. Yeah, no, definitely. Um, you know, I think that it's 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 going to cause a little bit of hiccups here and there, but I think that, uh, you know, for breweries, like, you know, independent craft breweries, I think the, they won't be as subjected to some of the stuff that will, that, that will be going on. Hopefully. We'll knock on wood. Uh, but it's definitely, definitely on the horizon, so glad that you guys are keeping an eye on it, so... Aim for the fences was good, and I just seen Josh brought some uh, more goodies over here, and I yeah, think he actually yeah. pulled from a tank, did he not? We did pull from a tank. Okay. So this is our uh, newest batch of naughty sauce that we're Ooh. coming out. We're trying to reestablish that. So we're um, right now we're to, the, the, what we're trying to do is small batch with different okay. coffee blends. So yeah. um, this one's El Salvadorian. Yes. And then after that, we're going to do a Costa Rican blend that's more Ooh. fruit forward. And then after that, we're actually going to use fermented um, coffee beans, which are like out of this world, like yes. fruit forward. Yes. Uh, we're going to try to do it. In the next week, we'll have all three variants on tap. So kind of like a Victor at Sea-esque kind of thing. Right. For uh, Naughty Sauce, like we're just trying to reestablish this for what it should be. Like it's a beautiful beer when you drink it. It's coffee with cream yeah. and a gold nail, you know. Yeah, so yeah. I, I had, This was the, when I came in. That's what you uh, had, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, Justin and I had like a little uh, pregame beer, and I was like, "Oh, I can't resist. I got to go for that." Yeah, because I don't know, like, there's just something about like the golden stout. There's something so unique about it. It's elusive. And, yeah, exactly, exactly, and yeah, and then the fact that it was all nitro too. I was like, "Oof, I got to try it." Yeah, it was delicious. It smells amazing. Yeah, the, the, it the smells like flavor. a fresh brewed pot of coffee. Right. Like, it's yeah, like, no, I, I got to give out a uh, shot to Chris Klein on this over at Ballast Point because his thing has always been coffee. Um, yeah. Like Mocha Marlin and some of those, those, those variants over at uh, Ballast Point were his. And he taught me everything I could know about coffee. Yeah. And so that's just me and uh, Brandon Castillo as well just trying to um, do different different styles doing it. Right. They, they're used to do here to pull off a more subtler coffee flavor so you don't have the harsh density on there. Any uh, any particular coffee company that you guys Bodie work Leaf. with? Bodie Leaf Bodie is, Leaf. is who okay. we work with. Um, okay. Yeah, well, actually, one of our uh, the guys who works in our tap room is actually one of the the, the guys in charge over at Bodie Leaf who helps out, and so nice. we have a, a really really good relationship with them. Good. To where we get go over and do like cuppings of like you know twelve to fifteen you know different coffee variants and choose what we like. Yeah. going forward, and it's it's really fun, and we you know get you learn a little bit about what you're tasting. Some of these like uh, these coffee blends, you don't, you can't even imagine. Like it's fifty pounds, of, you know, fifty dollars a pound, and you're like, uh, yeah. <laughs> like, kind of want to use it in there, but coffee, I don't know if it's gonna work out. Coffee can definitely get up there. You know, we've talked about fancy coffee. Well, your girlfriend is uh, really big into the coffee scene. She is, and uh, it's yeah, you can get you can just like craft beer. You can, with your barrel aged, uh, really rare bottles you can get bougie on the coffee side too with some very expensive coffee yeah, so no. for sure yeah I, yeah man this is uh, man it smells so good this is good i i uh i was looking on untapped and justin i know you're not a fan of untapped no but uh this was like your guys most checked in beer is that like yeah. pretty yeah. No, i mean yeah this is uh i think i think noble's known for this like this one of the pioneer beers of the, yeah you know, no, I will. I'll, I'll say this. I'll recover just because, in case Untapped listens, I don't hate Untapped. I hate the way people use Untapped because the premise of Untapped is amazing. 
It was something that was developed to shout out breweries, get people on the map, and be like, hey, uh, Brandon, my buddy just checked in this amazing beer that sounds great, and I've never even heard of that brewery. I'm going to go check it out, right? Um, but just over the years, you see these, these check-ins. It drives me nuts. I talk about it all the time, but it's like, you know, as a brewer, to see some of these reviews where you're like, well, it was great. It was just like the style should be, but I don't like lagers, so I'm going to rate it a 2. 100%. So so my take on my take on this is is I do read untapped, but I read yeah. untapped for those ratings where they actually like have something to say. Have something to say that's constructive to how I'm gonna brew. Right. That's the only thing I use it for. So when I do see that guy who goes, that person goes, I've never drank a stout in my life, yeah. but this is delicious. One. <laughs> yeah. Like WTF. It's yeah. kind of, you know. <laughs> Why the one? Because now you just brought my rating down a solid two stars. Come on, man. Yeah, yeah. You know, and, you know, there's a, and then there's the other side where everybody rates it a five, even though it tastes like trash. You know, yes. just like so. I mean, and you see that, like you're like, okay, Coors Light five, what? Come on, yeah. I, I just drank twenty of them. They were amazing. <laughs> I almost feel like there needs to be like a lawnmower worthy checkbox, right? You know, like, it's a, right. It should it should be there should be a little bit more to the curve or the grading of everything, but it's just one of those things where I, yeah, I'm just. I like the theory of Untapped, and I, it was it was awesome when it came out, and I got involved in it. And big competition with my brother because, you know, he was still in San Diego, and I moved away, so he had all these opportunities to go to all these places. So he was getting all more badges than I was, and then I was like, I'm not going to let that happen. So I stepped up my game a little bit trying to catch up, um, but uh, but yeah, I just I get discouraged, and it's it's literally, man, I can't even tell you the last time I threw a rating up because. I just get so mad at some of the stuff that I see, and I'm just like, you know what? I'll stick to my podcast. This keeps me busy. I can talk about beers that I like. I can put them on my Instagram. I don't need to do it on Untapped because I just feel like there's a lot of unfairness when it comes to the breweries and brewers, uh, where you know someone busted their, you know, balls, you know, no pun intended, to brew a beer, and then someone gives it a one just because they don't like the style. The pun is welcome. Yeah. <laughs> right? I hate that. So. I just like using it to keep track of everything I've tried. There's something fun yeah. about it. I don't know. Maybe it's the old uh, Boy Scout in me of collecting merit badges or something. But That's why I, that's why I try to take a picture it, of everything, and I throw it up on Instagram or... Um, or I just you know keep it in my in my files that way I know like man that beer was really good what the hell was it called again I can just go look at the picture you know better better for me that way and uh, it what's I've been on a good run everything I've had here has been good um, I haven't had like a drain pour or something really absolutely god awful in a while so I'm, I'm knocking on wood that that my my run still goes um, yeah you run into it from from time to time but. Uh, there was one, and we were talking about lagers and how much I love lagers. I went to a brewery, and the first thing I ordered was their lager, and, man, I was so disappointed. It was, uh, And I, that's usually how I'm like, okay, I'll order that, and if they do it right, I know the rest of the beers will probably be solid. And that one was just, like, just residual sugared and, like, ugh. It had a horrible taste. I'm like, this is not lager. <laughs> no. I was really disappointed because I was excited to try their beers, but... Um, you know, set. And I will never mention their name because I don't do that here. I'm not the untapped guy. <laughs> and, and, you know, the thing is, is you, I don't really care about the rating, but, like, when you're going to put, like, legit critique down there, yeah, like, that's so much worth it to me. Like, yeah. so, I mean, I still look at it. I still look for further. Obviously, when someone rates a beer, like, a 4.5, I'm like, oh, that's rad as hell. 
you know, but when someone someone rates something a two point five, but they can say why it was two point five and it makes sense to me, then yeah. I'm like, that's cool, cool as hell too. Right. Like, um, because then I, you know, I can see that and I can, if I think it's necessary, just a little bit, you know, because like that's one of the, you know, when it's a common like, you know, thing that people are gonna like more, yeah, I'll do it. Like, Absolutely. I, I think one of the things. Um, they always say that you see a different breweries is brewers brew for brewers and yeah. you know brewers brew what they want to brew and I always I want to brew for the for everybody who's coming in here so that untapped for me kind of makes a difference yeah. in how I'm going to actually put forth what we're putting out here right well you're doing a good yeah. job yeah I have absolutely. not had a bad beer thank yet. you so yeah I, wanna, I just want to ask you real quick uh, a little bit more about this beer because I know you were saying that like the coffee kind of changes up every time right because it tastes because this it tastes and maybe I'm wrong but it tastes kind of different from what i had on draft earlier okay so um we're doing this in a little different variant like okay. the way we're actually introducing the coffee to the beer so typically what would happen is um in the past they'd just throw the coffee directly onto the uh, fermenter and the way that i do it is either steep so this is steeped like we we pulled it off into a half barrel and let it sit for 24 hours and we push that back in and we taste it and we, we decided we needed one more pull so we pulled it back on the half barrel and let it sit for 24 hours and push back in to where we're happy and basically what we're going for is cream coffee you know coffee with with cream and sugar in it is, oh, that's, is exactly what we're going for something that's sweet but not too sweet very palatable and really now like even though this beer isn't fully done like it's um it's just about pushing the mouthfeel with the nitro and maybe maybe throwing some little baking soda in there to give it a little mouthfeel as well Oh, I love that. Yeah, this is is like fruitier, kind of like what you were saying. And then I feel like the one I had in the tap room was a little bit stronger with like the coffeeier notes. You yeah. know, like it, both were delicious. It's just like you know, trying this was like oh, that's that's a little different. So I love that though. That's that's awesome. Thank you. Just kind of changed. Yeah. No, we we you know, it's always about doing the you know, evolving. Right. Yeah. In the, in the brewing industry, like we're so it's such a young industry. It really is just about evolving. You can't stay stagnant because people just pass you up, you know, because there's so many things you could do better than you're doing right now. Yeah. Have you, uh, on the on the coffee level here, I'll, I'll ask you and see, maybe you have already. Have you done anything, any other styles with the coffee other than the naughty sauce? Uh, here or just in general? In general. Uh, yeah, well, I mean, yeah. I've done uh, yeah. milk stouts, um, imperial stouts, pastry stouts, normal stouts. Uh, ever, ever done a Kolsch? No, never done a Kolsch, but that Do sounds it. super interesting. Do Ooh, it. Yeah? Some of, some of the best beers, uh, my old partner Josh, uh, that was one of his favorite beers, and I can't remember the name of the brewery, but they're out of uh, Vegas area, um, and I've since had some coffee Kolsch's, and it's like... It Huddle? It was not Huddle. Not Huddle. Like, they're newer. Um, but what I love about it is, you know, what we just had here, get those coffee notes, but, you know, obviously in a Kolsch, it's a much more lighter, crisper, yeah. crisper beer, so... I like it because he knows one of my favorite uh, styles right now, like my go-to beer right now is our black lagers, right? Because I, I love stouts. I love porters, but I can't drink them anymore because they're so heavy. Like, oh, obviously, I'll still partake during stout season uh, or victory at sea. I like, my brother loves going to that event every year. Does he remember it? What's that? Because I, mean, I can't remember it after every time I've been there. <laughs> it just, it, well, it depends. I, I'm, I'm usually pretty good. Like, if I pace myself, I do pretty good at that at, at that event. But, uh, yeah, you can, uh, some of those ones will creep up on you for sure. Um, but, yeah, with, with you know, lo- black lagers, I'm getting, the you know, my stout porter flavor, but I'm crushing them because they're just, 
so easy to drink. And people don't realize that. They see a dark beer and they get turned off by it. But then once they try them, they're good. And so in a Kolsch, you're actually getting just like this, right? You're, you're getting like that, that golden stout look to it, but obviously not a stout. It's much more lighter bodied and it's just really good. So something to consider. No, definitely, I mean, definitely. Kolsch. Yeah. Don't put it past us, but we've been kind of uh, reawakening some firkins, uh, some pins, so the smaller firkins. Okay. And, uh, you know, conditioning, naughty sauce specifically yeah. in there, some okay. bourbon-soaked espresso beans, uh, coconut lime. Yeah. And we're typically kind of bringing these to fests, you know, yeah. giving, giving people a reason to come back to the booth, you know, midday. And right. th- this is all Paul. Paul does all that that after, you know, flavoring, like on the wood and stuff like that. He's amazing with it. Like, um, and some of the stuff he does is, is like... Trying to put put cinnamon roast crunch on what we have right now has been hard, and uh, yeah. he's done an amazing job just working through it. And some of the the oaks like loggers we're putting out right now, a small batch are amazing. And he's just you know, awesome. yeah, he's he's really putting a lot of effort. It's really nice to see that stuff come out. I'm so Paul, Paul's like the closer on some of the beers. Yes, right? definitely. Yeah, 100%. Really yep. like, All right, Paul, yeah. finish what, it off. What can <laughs> I add to this to make it good? I like that. Um, that's funny because uh, Josh, my old partner, he, he built a machine for home brewing. Um, it's like a like a Randall like machine, but yeah. it was his it was his own version of it. And this thing was stupid. I'll never forget one time. So he he used to do the Props and Hops Festival up in uh, Idlewild. It was in the middle of the forest, and you know they bring out breweries and wineries, and you'd pay like one price and get a bunch of tickets, and it was all going towards. Um, you know, Animal Friends of the Valley and a lot of the Idlewild charities and stuff like that. Uh, but he brought this machine out there, and I remember he was uh, demonstrating for the home brew club. So we went up there with a bunch of buddies to support him, and uh, he's like, all right, so we'll grab any beer here and then come back, and we'll decide what we want to infuse into this beer. And uh, I went and got, uh, they're no longer in business, Brew Rebellion. They had a... Uh, uh, a peanut butter milk stout called John Paul Jones. I don't know if you guys remember those bottles that had like the wax on the top and just really fancy looking bottles. Um, so I went and got some of that and I brought it back over and I said, all right, it's a peanut butter milk stout. I want orange in here. I, I want to see how that comes out. And man, he puts the machine to work and infused it with orange and god damn, that was good. So yeah, definitely appreciate uh, adding some fun flavors into beers. I'll take one of those machines. Yeah. <laughs> right? <laughs> Absolutely. He was a genius, man. God rest his soul, man. He did all all kinds of stuff. His homebrew equipment that he made, uh, we called it the spider. It was this, this welded monstrosity that he made, and it was on rollers. So very convenient. He could roll right out of his garage, but it had hydraulic lifts on it, and you could brew several beers at the same time. It had, like, spider arms on it. And I'm just like, how did you, like... Where in your mind did this come yeah, yeah. from? I wasn't going to say bad words in my head. But I'm like, what the fuck? That sounds amazing. No, I yeah. think that's one of the things with homebrewers, though. Is I know, right? There's, it a, is. there's an innovative innovation yep. character that's ingrained in them, and that you know yep. kind of drives them, you know, through the path of beer and the process of making it. They just yeah. hone in on every now, aspect. Of did it. you guys ever go to the homebrew festival out at Vell Lake? at all oh yeah yearly okay so you, you might actually have drank some of his beer because he was very famous out there people would say i'm gonna go get kunkled and they would go and have his beers and he would infuse stuff with his machine and he would always make usually like a high abv stout for that festival and 
Um, you probably he was there every year. I've right? definitely done some trick or treating in there. You know, yeah, it's kind of a known you know after hours. Right. You know, absolutely. Go, go to campsite to campsite. Have you know <laughs> something to share and something to you know taste. I love that trick or treating. Yeah. <laughs> Been threatened with a couple times to go out there for for those events and. I never have, and I think I'm going to do it in his honor. So I think maybe next year I'll probably end up going out there. Totally worth it. Yeah, absolutely. So, um, well, that beer was great, and uh, every beer was great that we had. Oh yeah. Um, so just a quick thing for Noble L Works before we finish the show here. Um, what do you guys have planned here at Noble L Works? Any special events? I know of one in particular. We were talking about it. I know. It has to do with running and beer. Yeah. Um, probably, this is probably going to event ever. <laughs> this is probably <laughs> going to air just just so people know. This is probably going to air after this event takes place. Right. But, but there's more. It's okay. Yeah. It happens. And it's yeah. not like I run. I just yeah. watch, and it's just okay. fantastic. Hey, you know what though? Do I, do I look like I run? I would run for beer. I mean, I. <laughs> well, I you know I'm trying to get them to let me run in my Brewers boots and there you go. carry around like my utility knife so I can shotgun. It would be like my Mario Kart move. Yes. You know. Oh, that's good. They're, they're not. They're not too about it, though. That's perfect. That's <laughs> I mean, awesome. I'd be okay with that if you're going right? to run against some of the local brewers. That's what I'm thinking. Yeah. Oh, against local brewers. That's something we got to. We got to introduce that. that. That's amazing. We'll call it like the the Brewer 500. Right? No, I mean just a little bit about Noble Ale Works. Every uh, you know founder, you know avid runner. Yeah. Um, you know Noble Running Group, and you know there's a lot of running groups in Orange County, and that's how I kind of got introduced to a lot of these people. Yeah. Is we bounce brewery to brewery. Do a 5K and have some beers. Yeah. You know, exchange some numbers, become friends. And it's just, you know, it's a killer community here in you know, yeah. Orange County. Absolutely. You guys are in, in, a, in a great spot. Well, amazing beers. We started off with a rice lager, sweep the keg. Amazing uh, marketing on the uh, artwork on the can. That's going to absolutely fly off the shelves right now because the whole world is talking about Cobra Kai right now. So. I think you guys will do well with that, and I love the I love the artwork on there. And then after that, we had a Kolsch, right? No, a check. Uh, check log. Check pills. We were just uh, talking about Kolsch. We had a check pills, and it was uh, what was it called? Check it out. Check it out. That was really cool. Um, amazing. Uh, two beers to start off, and then we had your beer, right? We did. Work in progress on the name, or, or is there an official name for you it? You might delete it. I don't know. You might delete it. <laughs> Felt Odie might delete. Felt Odie might delete. A oat pale ale. Yeah. Really, really good beer. Um, and then aim for the fences here. Yep. Cold IPA. Really, really tasty. And then, last but not least, straight out of the out of the fermenter. And that was that was amazing. Naughty sauce, which I know you like, Brandon. Really, really good job on that. Yeah, I love that beer. I'm a sucker for coffee and beer together. Absolutely. So, Noble L Works, uh, Anaheim, California. Literally, like I said, you can reach over and touch the 57 freeway. So, right off of Catella, get off of Catella like you're going to the Angel Stadium. Uh, but instead of making a left in the Angel Stadium, you're going to make your first right. What street is that? That's uh, Howl? Howl. Howl. Thank you. And then right on Sinclair. Howl and Sinclair. Like, literally just keep making a right, and then you'll, you'll see the, the big grain tower outside. You can't miss it. Um, but definitely check these guys out. If you come out to an Angel game or come out to a Ducks game or apparently Iron Maiden, you know, come out and do some heavy metal action. Um, but thanks for having us out here and, and sharing your beers. It's been uh, been a great show. Yeah, thank Hope you so much. everybody enjoys it. Yeah, thanks for coming out. This is fun. Yeah, absolutely. Appreciate it. So with that, um, you guys are going to be uh, introduced to Grandma. She's actually been hiding in my bag right now. Uh, it's, a, it's a joke. Uh, 
But Grandma closes our show. Every show that we have, we'll see if you guys are familiar with this, but cheers, everybody. Cheers. Cheers, guys. They also practice by drinking the urine of a ram. The, the what? They drink ram's piss. Because of the pH balance? No, because if you can drink ram's piss, fuck, you can drink almost anything. <laughs> she said fuck. I can remember how much I have had. I drank a 12 back with my dad. 